In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Good morning to you on this second Sunday after Pentecost. The Sunday after Pentecost, we celebrate all of the saints that have gone on before us in the faith, and on this Sunday, it's customary, although it's not always found in the books, it's become a custom to uh, remember all the saints of the country or the continent in which we live, in this case, North America. So let me read the uh, Synaxarian for you again that was read in the Orthros service. We commemorate the saints of North America, both known and unknown, in particular those who brought the true faith across the seas to North America, enlightening the Native Americans in Alaska, and planting the church firmly in the New World. Those remembered include St. Herman of Alaska, the wonder worker of all America, St. Tikhon, enlightener of North America, patriarch of Moscow, St. Innocent, enlightener of the Aleuts and apostle to America, St. Peter Aleut, who was a young teen when martyred, St. Alexis of Wilkesbury in Minneapolis, defender of the Orthodox faith in America, St. John Maximovich, wonder worker of Shanghai and San Francisco, St. Nikolai of Zicha in South Canaan, St. Raphael, Bishop of Brooklyn, the Haramartyr Juvenali, Proto-Martyr of America, St. Jacob of Alaska, Enlightener of the Yupik peoples, and the New Martyrs and Passion Bearers John of Chicago and St. Alexander of New York. It would behoove us to uh, study the lives of these uh, saints and know more uh, about them. St. Nikolai of Zicha is the St. Nikolai that I'm always quoting from and will quote from again today. He's from Serbia, but because he lived here for a few years, I think about eight years, we claim him as our own. <laughs> so we won't, we call, we, they can call him St. Nicholas of Zicha. We call him St. Nikolai of South Canaan, Pennsylvania. <laughs> St. Nikolai starts his commentary on this gospel lesson in um, what might seem a rather peculiar place until it unfolds. He asks this question, Why are people in so much of a hurry these days? And he was writing this in the 1950s. Imagine what he would say about today in terms of living in a hurry. In order to seize the success of their efforts as quickly as possible, and success comes and passes and leaves behind a trace of sadness. Why are the sons of men in so much of a hurry these days? in order to pluck the fruits of their labor as quickly as possible, and the fruit comes and passes and leaves by a trace of bitterness. 
God, when he became a man, with the intention of establishing the work, the church in this world, and bringing salvation to the world, was not, by any human perspective anyway, in a hurry. God sometimes sows in one generation and reaps in the next generation. And, and the people in the generation in which God sows a work, plants a work, think God sure is slow. And the generation in which He reaps, they think, wow, that was quick. <laughs> but St. Nikolai says God isn't fast or slow. That's only our perspective. And that He works in His own way, in His own method, at His own pace. It's hard for us to think about working and not get, getting to see the fruits of our labor. We want to see it. We want to see it now. And if it's not, it seems like that nothing is fulfilled. I can think in my own life about my father and mother and how they planted the seed of the gospel inside of me. But you know, they got to see their grandkids, but they haven't gotten to see their great-grandkids in this life in receiving communion in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. But it was their seed, their seed. And maybe we'll sow, but we won't get to see it reap. But it doesn't mean that God isn't at work and that He will not continue working until He comes again. St. Nikolai gives this illustration. He says, you know, the Lord could have come and instead of picking the apostles that He picked, He could have picked 12 kings. 12 kings of the greatest nations of the earth when he came, and immediately the whole world would have recognized him and acknowledged and bowed down to him as the king and the Lord of all. So why did he choose to do it the way he did it? It would have been so much easier, maybe without suffering, Who wants to suffer? But he did what he did in order to plant a deep root into the heart of the earth. St. Nikolai puts it this way. How wise it was of Christ to start at the bottom and not at the top. How wise it was to build a kingdom not with kings, 
but with fishermen. The Lord buried the seed of the tree of life not only in the darkness of simple Galilean fishermen, but in the darkness of hell itself. And went his way, and the tree grew very slowly. Furious winds buffeted it in an attempt to break it, but without success. Enemies cut the tree right down, but the root put forth more and more shoots. And the more it was hacked at, the more determinedly and quickly it grew. You know, all the men that Jesus picked, they got hacked down except for, for John the Evangelist, who lived to be an old man. They did, did, they, did they get to see the fruits of their labor? Did St. Paul get to see the fruits of his labor? Did St. Peter get to see the fruits of his labor? They were cut down. The enemy's host dug down deep into the earth, deeper than the catacombs to dig out the root. But the more they pulled at it, the more resistant the root became. The more the shoots put forth and the thicker the shoots were produced. Therefore, Christ's tree, planted in God's way, not man's, still blooms, still comes to leaf today after 2,000 years and produces sweet fruit for men and angels, and shines forth in freshness and beauty as though it had been planted only a generation ago. God's way is higher than our way. He planted this seed of the faith in the hearts of these fishermen because He knew their hearts. When he came to them, they were disciples of John. And John the Baptist had prepared them to follow Jesus Christ when the time had come. And they were ready. And Jesus knew that they were ready. And he had even tested them. And one time before he had come to the sea and he said, have you caught any fish? No. Well, cast out a little bit deeper. And Peter said, Master, we've toiled all night and haven't caught any fish. But at your command, we will do so. And they brought forth a great haul. And, Jesus, and, and, and Peter came and knelt before Jesus and said this to time to him, not Master, but he said, Lord, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. The Lord knew their hearts, and he knew they were ready. And so when he called, it was not like Holly, you know, you've seen these Hollywood films, follow me. You know, you know it's just, I, they, they can't, they can't capture it somehow on film. I don't know if they don't get it or what, you know, what it is, but they were ready. 
They were ready. They were waiting for it. They were looking for it. Give me the word and I'm ready and I will follow you. Obedient hearts. You know the, the gospel of the good soil. The good soil and the seed is planted in the good soil and God saw in these fishermen, not the kings, in the fishermen, he saw the good soil and planted the seed of the gospel into the good soil. St. Nikolai, and let me read this a long paragraph, but please bear with me because I think it's important for us to consider this. And it seems that he always goes here. He says there's the obvious outer meaning, but there's an inner meaning. And let's see if we can find the inner meaning and grab a hold of this inner meaning. The fishermen signify those who seek spiritual blessings. The net is the soul, the sea is the world, and the ship is the body. These fishermen cast their nets into the sea means that they were seeking a spiritual blessing. They were seeking spiritual food, the kingdom of God, spreading and immersing their souls in the depths of the world in order to catch the blessing wherever they might find it. And mending the nets means that they were making efforts to set their souls aright. Wow. They were mending their nets. The first two leaving their nets and following Christ means that they left their old and sinful souls and started out to be renewed by Christ and to be regenerated and receive a new soul and a, and a new spirit. And this also means that from now on they would no longer seek to catch spiritual blessings by their own efforts, but in Christ. And not in their own strength, but in the power of God. Not with their own minds, but by God's revelation. And the other two leaving the ship and their father means that they left their sin-filled bodies and their earthly father in order to concern themselves with the salvation of their souls and to go and to meet their heavenly father being adopted as sons by grace. I don't know about you, but I can certainly look in my own life and see how much an inordinate amount of time I have spent in my own efforts to do things. The Lord sometimes sends us reminders that we can't accomplish much of anything in our own efforts without His power and without His grace, and that His ways are higher than our ways. I... Um, the first church I started is now closed as a missionary priest. It's now closed. And um, that's a sobering prospect for me. It makes me wonder, are we opening churches or are we closing churches? And what kind of foundation did I lay in that church? Well, maybe I laid my foundation. And it wasn't. God's foundation 
And so we look at our own church, we look at our own community, we look at our own family, and, and how much are we doing by our own effort and, and need to cling to Christ and His grace and ask Him to plant the seed deep down in our life, in the life of our children and our grandchildren. St. Nikolai closes his homily with a prayer. He says, Therefore, let us bow down before the Lord and cry to Him, as many of the sick and the weak did in those days. And so let us bow our heads and pray with Him. Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Forgive me, O Lord. Forgive my countless sins. Cleanse me by thy power. Nourish me with thy life-giving bread. Enter into my innermost depths as fresh, pure air in a stifling room, and I shall be healed. I shall be healed and shall live. May the Lord be thus glorified in strength of our souls and the purity of our bodies, together with the Father and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity consubstantial and undivided, now and ever, and unto ages of ages. Amen.